Well, uh, good morning, Christ Press. All right. Um, as John said, uh, my name is Olson Duclos, and I am honored to speak with you all this morning. Um, it's always a joy to be here. It really is. Um, and as I understand it, um, you all have been going through the Psalms, right? Um, and that, that's so important because the, the uh, Psalms, I mean, they're, they're songs, but they're more than songs, right? And, and it's poetry, but it's more than poetry. The, the Psalms are, are important because they teach us how to pray honest and thoughtful prayers, right? Um, uh, it, it teaches us how, how to pray with our words, with, with our minds, with, with, our, with even our, our actions, with our body. The, the, the Psalms teach us to, to rehearse truth. A Psalm 136, verse 1, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. How to command our souls. Psalm uh, 42, verse, verse 11. Um, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. That's talking to yourself, talking to your very soul, saying, put your hope in God because I'm going to praise him. He's my Savior and my God. Psalm 103, um, verses uh, 1 through 5. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all of your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with, with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The, the Psalms teach us how, how to, um, it, they, they teach us how to, to navigate and understand this life. I mean, just read Psalm 73, right? They, 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 they teach us how to, how to make sense of the world around us. All right. So there, there are excellent tools to teach us how to pray, and you all, and we all should continue in them. Um, and today, we're going to to learn how to pray. We're going to learn more about prayer, um, but we will do so with with the Lord's prayer, the the uh, prayer that that the Lord Jesus taught his followers. All right. Um, so a lot of times, people call it the disciples' prayer because it's what we are to pray. Um, and that is found in what we call the Sermon on the Mount, right? Um, you can find the, the Sermon uh, uh, on the Mount uh, in the Gospel of Matthew. Um, it's chapters 5 through 7. And this is, this is Jesus' most, most popular sermon, all right? This is his manifesto, all right? Um, people came from all over to hear Jesus speak these words. Honestly, uh, the the uh, Sermon on the Mount is, uh, is a great way, whether you are exploring faith, um, new to faith, or, or have been committed to, to faith in Jesus, um, this is a great way to get to know who Jesus really is on his terms, right? Rather than relying on, on a caricature 
of who you may think or who you conjured up in your mind that Jesus is and what he's like. Um, this is Jesus in his own words, all right? <clears throat> Bear with me, I got uh, some stuff going on. Uh, here in chapter 6, Jesus teaches us how to pray. Uh, prayer, prayer is essential to the Christian faith, all right? It is how we communicate with the Almighty, with God. It's a tremendous privilege. But Christians are not the only people who pray, all right? Um, so Jesus models how Christian prayer is different from, from other practices of prayer. Jesus doesn't want us to, to, to pray uh, hypocritical uh, prayers, right? He doesn't, he doesn't want us to be hypocritical in our prayer life like the Pharisees. Is that for me? Yeah, so Jesus doesn't want us to be hypocritical like, like the Pharisees um, who, who practice practicing your, your, your piety before others so, so that you are seen by them. But maybe that's not your thing anyways, right? Maybe you, you think to yourself, well, I don't like praying in public anyways, so sound, that sounds good to me, <laughs> right? And, and Jesus doesn't want us to, to pray like the pagans would, rambling on and on as if our, the, the, the very length of our prayer um, would grant us a greater audience with the Almighty. You may think, well, hey, I'm not long-winded. <laughs> Sounds like a win-win. And if we're not careful, we can come away from this text thinking that, that Jesus wants us to pray short, private prayers. And while that sounds pretty efficient, here in what what we call the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us what he's really getting at, right? What, what, the, what the point and power of prayer really is. He teaches us a better way to pray. The, the, the reality is that, that most of us, if not all of us who pray, either pray like the Pharisees or like the pagans, in that we are, we are at the center of our prayers. We're at the center of our prayers. We're, we're, we're busy praying to get into the right schools, right, and, and get into the right job, get the right promotion, get the right spouse. Help me raise these kids the right way. These are all good things. And your heavenly father wants good for you. But if we are at the center of our prayers, then we have missed the point and in doing so, we have missed the power of prayer. If we are, are, are the subject matter, if we are the pro protagonist and God serves to advance our agenda, then we have missed the point of prayer in the first place. I think of uh, a cute and uh, endearing story of my wife, Bree. Um, she was making eggs with her with her grandma, um, her mamma, as she calls her, and Brie got got distracted. And so, um, as she's uh, making breakfast with her grandma, she's so d distracted talking to her that she cracked an egg, dumped the yolk in the trash, <laughs> and put the shells in the bowl. 
did it again, cracked an egg, dumped the yolk in the trash, dumped the shells into a bowl. They're still talking. Cracked the egg again, cracked another egg, dumped the yolk in the trash, put the shells in the bowl. She went through half a dozen eggs, y'all. And it wasn't until she started stirring <laughs> that she realized what had happened. She didn't, she didn't notice until she started mixing it. For most of us, that's what our prayer life is like. We're, we're distracted by the things of this world. We're, we're preoccupied um, with ourselves, and it leaves us stirring empty shelves. But that's not the main part of the egg. That's not where the protein is, right? That's not the part that you want. That's not what will satisfy you. And, and Brie was still making eggs, I guess, right? <laughs> But she was missing the, the point of the matter. And oftentimes, we're still praying, all right? We're still praying. God still hears us, but we're missing the point of it. We're missing the, the, the power of it. We're busy stirring empty shells as if we could fill up on such a thing. And so Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So here is the, the point of, of Christian prayer. Here, Here's what it all boils down to. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, for, for a long time, I treated those four words, hallowed be your name, as a primer for doting on God. Right? Um, like a nudge from God the Son to flatter God the Father. Asking before you ask him for, for anything. Uh, you, you may have been taught something similar, right? Praise God before you ask him for anything. Um, and while that, that has an, an appearance of wisdom and in righteousness, uh, if you slow it down, you can see the, the, the human imposition, in, in, in right? It, it's, it's butter up God before you ask him for anything. <laughs> but that's not that is not what Jesus is advising here. Uh, th that is a human projection onto both God the Father and God the Son. On the contrary, um, in these four words, Jesus, Jesus is, is suggesting that we, that we begin prayer with the most significant, the most important, the most dire ask, the most desperate ask that we could possibly muster. without coaxing the, 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 the Almighty. No. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Where's the, where, where's the ask? It's right in the word hallowed. All right? Hallowed is, is uh, not a word that we use often or regularly. Um, you may not be exactly sure what that word uh, even really means. Um, but hallowed is the, is the verb tense 
for the word holy. If, if something is being hallowed, um, that means it is being made, it, it is being treated as holy, it is becoming holy. It's the act of making something holy. So Jesus then instructs his uh, disciples to, to pray that God the Father would make his own name holy. That's the very first ask that we are, that, that we are taught to, to ask God the Father is to make his name holy. Our Father in heaven, sanctify your name. Make your name holy, Lord. Um, uh, New Testament scholar David Crump points out that, that praying hallowed be your name asks that God does something for himself. We are asking God to sanctify his name. Now, I understand not buttering up God, but why would God, I mean, why would Jesus direct us to pray this way? All right, I don't want to offend God either. Why, why would he have us pray, Lord, make yourself holy, especially as the very first thing that we ask God for? Is God not holy? Absolutely and in every way God is holy. God is so holy that, that his prophets feared that, that, that they would die when encountering his visible presence. God, God is he, he's so holy that, that he topples whole nations as a rebuke to them for insulting his holy name. The Israelites understood this well. They would pray to, to, to God uh, to, to save them from trouble that they caused for his namesake. God is so holy that he cannot turn a blind eye to sin. He has to deal with it. But, but, but must, he, he must satisfy his righteousness even to the point of God the Son becoming the atoning sacrifice for our sins, incurring the, 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 uh, the, the, the wrath that was meant for us. God is holy, holy, holy. He is perfectly holy. The issue is we're not. This world is not. The mere existence of sin and evil insults God's holiness. The, 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 the very existence of injustice and, and, and inequity profanes God's holiness. The very existence of systemic and systematic oppression, the, the, the existence of wealth inequality, these things insult and offend God's Holiness. To pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, is to pray for the expulsion of any and everything that profanes the name of the triune God. John, a, a, a friend and, uh, and follower of Jesus, you guys know John, you guys walked through John's uh, gospel uh, not long ago. He put it this way. He said, God is light, 
God is like light, and in him there is no darkness at all. All right, so, so think about the brightest light that you can imagine flooding a, a, a dark room to the point where there, there is no shadow, all right? It's, there's not a shadow under, underneath the, this cup or anything. No, the, it's, the, the light is so bright that it has overwhelmed everything. The sheer magnitude of this light expels darkness in every crevice, in every corner. That is how God is. His holiness expels all that is not holy. To, to, to pray, hallowed be your name, is to partner with God by praying for the end of anything that opposes our perfect creator. To pray, hallowed be your name, is to pray for all things, all people in every system of this world to bow down in submission and to come into harmony with God or be dismayed. It's to pray for shalom, for wholeness, not, not only for ourselves, but for all of creation. Uh, it makes sense to me why E.M. Bounds, the old, um, I think he was an old Wesleyan Methodist preacher, um, he would say that prayer is the most manliest of work, the most ardent work. And the privilege that is prayer, our primary priority is shalom, it's wholeness, it's, it's that, that God's name be honored for what it is. Holy. That there is no evil anywhere profaning the name of the triune God. We are to pray for the advent of God's full and complete reign. Every created vessel acknowledging and submitting to his perfection. Let's just take a, a quick uh, break here. Um, is that what y'all pray for? <laughs> Let me ask it another way. Um, who is at the center of your prayer life? If, you're, if we were to put your, your, like you in, in the, or rather put your prayer life um, on, like, uh, in the center um, and then like, try to see what's all around it, what would surround your prayer life? Who's at the center of it? Take inventory of your prayers. So, so I actually practice this, and I've been practicing this um, for a while now. Um, and and what, what came about was really surprising. Um, it turns out that I'm the center of my prayer life. <laughs> turns out that it's my interests that are regularly, regularly um, at the center of my prayer life. It's my job. It's my family, it's my safety, my well-being, my future, my parking spot. It's mine, it's all about me. My interests are regularly at the center of my prayer life. It's not that I don't pray, I just pray about myself, pray for myself. 
Unknowingly, I've been praying that my name be established. Lord, protect my kingdom, my priorities. I didn't realize that my priorities were backwards, that it was all out of order. While, while my prayers weren't evil, they really weren't. I'm sure your prayers aren't evil. They utterly missed what the point, and in doing so, what the power of prayer is. They lacked its power. What I really need is, is for God's reign on earth. I, need, I really need God to reign on earth as he does in heaven. That's what I really need. What I really need is for God's name to be acknowledged as holy, to be treated as, to be honored as holy, for everything that opposes God to be banished from this world. Every other petition that is found in the Lord's Prayer is wrapped up in this, God being recognized as holy. Contrary to, to common practice, we ought not be the center of our prayers. It's not about our name. It's not our name's sake. But rather, it's God's reign that must be at the center of our prayers. God's reign, instead of our name, must be at the center of our prayers. For, for Jesus, God's reign, is, it's the core, it's the crux, it's, it is the center of prayer. For most of us, the name of the game is not God's name or God's reign. For, for most of us, the name of the game is our security. It's our comfort. It's our convenience. Our happiness. But we're not the protagonists of this story. The story of life is not about us. That's, that's one of the first things we teach kids, right? At least we should. That, hey, it's not, all, it's not all about you. And yet, as adults, we struggle to learn this. God is the center of the story. This is God's story. Followers of Jesus are, are to pray for the advent of God's full and complete reign, every created vessel acknowledging and submitting to his perfection. God's reign instead of our name. God's reign, not our name. I promise you, I I promise you that if you begin to pray for God's reign instead of your name, the quality of your prayers will change. It will be qualitatively different. You will realize that, that praying with you and your interest at the center um, was, was small-minded. It was short-sighted. Praying God's reign instead of your name is genuinely challenging. It's, it's taken... I'm still struggling to do this. When, when, when you're at the center of your prayers, um, 
you, you pray for what's important to you. You inherently know what to pray for because it's what's important to you. To pray God's reign, to pray for God's reign is to have a new set of priorities. It's not about what you would like. It's not even about what you might think is right. You're praying for what is important to God. It's genuinely challenging. It requires that you know what's important to God. It requires getting to know him as he is. If you're not someone who currently prays, um, you may be at an advantage here uh, because you, you can start praying correctly, right? Um, you, you can start praying with God's reign at the center. You don't have to unlearn a whole bunch of things like, like I did. Jesus requires that, that God the Father in his holiness be at the center of our prayer life. His reign instead of our name. This is at the deepest heart level, all right? Remember, prayer isn't for, for show. It's not about um, th this absent-minded rambling. It's intentional. And, and so we must uh, intentionally pray for, for God's reign instead of the establishment of our name. The only way that happens is if God reigns in your life. As he reigns in your life, you will learn what's important to him. And remember, don't be fooled. I've never, I've never seen a kingdom with two kings. All right? Two kingdoms cannot occupy the same territory at the same time. That just doesn't work. What happens is something we call war. So learn what God loves and what he hates, what's important to him. Pray for, for, for what he loves and pray against all that he hates, even if you don't understand it all. Get closer to the things that God cares about. If not, you will effectively be wasting your time in prayer. Just play Wordle or something, letterbox. Because <laughs> you'd be missing it. It would be pointless. Um, and there, there are some tools to, to help us do this well. Um, I wish I, I would have brought it with me, but the, the Book of Common Prayer has been a, man, recently that's been such a help to me in, in helping me to, um, to reorder my prayer life so, so that my prayer life isn't about what, hey, what I want or hey, I don't like what that person did or what that person said. It's, it's been helping me to, to pray for my enemies. It's been helping me to pray for, for my city, to, to, to pray for things that I just don't, usually think about in my life. Um, and, and yes, the, the Book of Common Prayer, and there, there are many other uh, great helps out there. Um, but you know who understood this really well? Um, Mar Martin Luther King Jr. 
right, so so King was was one of um, one of our many uh, modern day saints who modeled this for us well. Uh, in, in his speech titled Beyond Vietnam, he described how God's priorities have become his priorities, right? So uh, just listen in to, to what King said. He said, I must be true to my conviction that I share with all men the calling to be a son of the living God. Beyond the, the calling of race or nation or creed is this vocation of sonship and brotherhood. Because I believe that the father is deeply concerned, especially for his suffering and helpless and outcast children. I come tonight to speak for them. This I believe to be the privilege and the burden of all of us who deem ourselves bound by allegiances and, and loyalties which are broader and deeper than nationalism and which go beyond our nation's uh, self-defined goals and positions. We are called to speak for the weak, for the voiceless, for the victims of our nation, for those it calls enemy. For no document from human hands can make these humans any less our brothers. Christ prays that that's what it sounds like when God's reign is our priority and it's not our name. That's what it sounds like when God's reign is at the center of our prayer life instead of the establishment and the security of our name. May God's priorities become our priorities. In doing so, we will pray, our Father in heaven, make your name holy. Expel all that opposes who you are, even if we've benefited from it, even if it's in us, reign in this place through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.